1: Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lember. I'm Corey Valdez.
2: And I'm Tony Cookston.
1: Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got a great show here going on today. Tony and I are going to be talking about the workshop. Oh, yeah. We uh, we recently, very recently, just uh, put together our very own Weekend Warriors Workshop. We're going to be bringing you uh, really cool how-to videos and... Product reviews and just all kinds of stuff. So we put together a workshop and we want to talk about that today and probably a little bit of the things that go into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I know that uh, I feel like I'm leading a parallel life with the Weekend Warriors because I have also just started to put together my... My wood shop at home. That's right. And uh, and it is a lot of fun, you know, trying to decide where something's going to go. And, and uh, you know, it immediately becomes too small. <laughs> you think, oh, that's going to be plenty big. But uh, you start putting stuff in there. And then it becomes very important that you are efficient and that you... Um, utilize every square inch, you know, in just the right way. But there's a lot of things that I need to do in order to become more efficient, in order to have all of the things in there that I want to have in there and still be able to move around and do my projects. So uh, these are things that I've been thinking
1: about a lot recently. So we'll be talking about that today. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting balance, right? A lot of us, weekend warrior type people like you and I, uh, our shops are in our garages, I mean, mine is in my garage and I let, you know, stuff pile up in there until I get yelled at because my wife parks in the garage. So I have to be very careful on how I utilize my space, because the last thing I want to do is make it to where my wife gets home from work where she pulls in the driveway and opens the garage and it's pouring down rain and I'm in the way. Yeah, I don't want that. I also don't want that. Because that generally results
2: in a phone call to me saying, <laughs> hey, I need some help cleaning my garage. Uh, so, you know, I feel like whenever we had a project, like I would want you to help me do something. You'd be like, well, you're going to have to
1: help me clean my garage first. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it kind of became a prerequisite. It's like, you know, you, you create a big mess. You got to clean up the dust. You got to clean up the wood pieces. You got to get rid of the scraps. Especially if you're going to park a car in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a lot of work. I
2: want to be able to work on a project in, in the shop and not have to clean up, you know, at the end of every day. I mean, I'll clean up at the end of the project, but I do not wanna have to clean
1: up at the end of every day. Well, I would love that. But unfortunately, I live in an area where I don't have the space to build any sort of legitimate workshop where I could have, you know, uh, an outbuilding or something where I could put all of my tools in yeah. and have that. I just, I don't have it. I can't do it where I live. You kind of live on some property. So you can, you actually have an outbuilding that's big enough to be a shop, which would be great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I am I think we, we will talk today about both situations.
2: Yeah. But plenty fundamentally, plenty of, space, plenty of space and then being short on space. Fundamentally, it's a lot of the same things. Yeah. A lot of the same things. It really is. And and, and there are a lot of the things that you need to be thinking about, if you're planning to build or, or organize a shop, right? There's a lot of things we can talk about that you could think about ahead of time that could benefit you in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe some things that you haven't thought about that will definitely benefit you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to steal something off the list right now. I'm just going to throw it out. This is something that a lot of people don't think about. But you know what? An anti-fatigue mat inside the the shop because you spend a lot of time in there standing at uh, what might be the table saw or at the workbench or wherever it is, that whatever your project is you're working on. And you're standing in this one spot and and, uh, you
1: get sore feet quick, I feel like. I do. I do, too. Standing around on concrete when you're working, you know, I, I don't do it all the time. You know, I don't stand on concrete all day. You know, like you you actually have a job where you stand up quite a bit at the uh in the store there. Yeah, yeah. I know I I work a lot out of my vehicle, so I'm driving a lot or I'm sitting in my desk. So I don't have that. So when I do, when I have a full Saturday out in my garage working on projects, man, it's a tiring day.
2: Yeah, it can definitely take a toll on your on your feet for sure. So that's something to think about, you know, where is your workspace going to be? What is your Imagine what your what your trail using your foot trail, right? Your foot path and where is it going to be? And then plan to have something there to benefit your feet, keep them from getting sore. You'll be able to focus better on your project, which results in a project that turns out better, right? So let me throw an idea at you. What if you just got really comfortable shoes? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You know, you, if you got really comfortable shoes, then you want to wear them to work. And then if you wear them in the shop, you get glue and sawdust and, you know, sh- metal shavings on them. I mean, you have to have shop shoes. Shop shoes. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about the
1: glue that we should you, start that epoxy brand. you squirt on. We should start that as a brand. Shop shoes. We can wear your shop shoes. Make them waterproof, fireproof, Yeah. shavings-proof. Yeah. It's a good idea. Shop shoes. Patent, uh, Patent that. <laughs> tra- tra- trademark. trademark. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, we should talk about both of our workshops and maybe a dream shop. Oh yeah, I, would, I love doing that. I, I love talking about dream shops because there's a million things, a million things I would put into it. Oh yeah, I, I have to be honest with you. When I,
2: th- it honestly gets me going. But but if you take the opportunity to green light, think about the you know the perfect shop, the the thing that has no. No holds barred, right? No limitations. You can have it all. Sometimes you can find a nugget in there that you can simplify a little bit that doesn't have to be super expensive, right? A a lesser version of the same thing. Sometimes green light thinking, even though you can't have that amazing shop, will still result in something
1: new for your shop. Yeah, totally. I agree. But there are some basics, There are some basics that every shop needs. That's right. You know, so we're gonna cover those today. I want to talk about definitely. There, you know, I I I can't put a number on it, but there are some definitely some top five things that if you don't have and you want to put a shop together, you need it. Oh, you're
2: gonna have to have some of those, and then we can talk also about some of those things that only get used in specific scenarios that we've recently been in. Maybe you don't think that you're going to be in a situation where you need this tool. But when we tell you we use that tool for this, uh, we have done a lot of projects uh, as the weekend warriors, and we've used a lot of different types of tools. And so being able to recap some of those projects and think about the tools that we utilized during them, did we have them? Corey and I have literally been out and bought a tool for
1: a project. well, that's all my tools, almost. But, we, I mean, you get to a point where you say to yourself, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And if you don't have it, you know, I kind of take that as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we drew the line. I don't know if you remember this or not, but we,
2: we will regularly go and find a tool for a project. But we drew the line at Joiner. Yeah, that's we the, did. That's the one we didn't rush out and buy. Too big. Too Too expensive. Too expensive. <laughs> We got to take a quick break. We come back. Essential tools and an essential workshop. You're listening to Tony Core, your weekend warriors. Don't go away.
0: Show built by Parlumber. Now here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around today. Tony and I are talking about workshop essentials, and uh, we've been recently working on our official Weekend Warriors workshop, where we're going to be bringing you really cool new YouTube videos on how to, you know, do things or build things, maybe some tool reviews, and uh, we're really excited about it. We've, been sp- we've spent the last couple weeks in there building and decorating and painting and doing all kinds of cool stuff, but our most recent project that we put in there was a heavy-duty workbench, and honestly, that's probably... The number one thing across the board of what you would need to have your own workshop. If you have a workshop in your garage or a workshop in a bigger space, you need a workbench. 100%. You cannot
2: uh, function in a wood shop or any kind of a workshop, even even a mechanical shop if you were working on cars. You cannot accomplish anything without a workbench. Hardly. You have got to have a place where you can set things down pick them back up a space that you can stand up right that you're not partially bending over and work there i love the fact Corey, that you that you wanted to build the workbench extra tall um, instead of a standard table height we went with a 42 inch tall workbench so the, we really have our hands up above our waist and uh, there's no there's no um Temptation to lean forward, or no need to lean forward over the workbench. You can work standing upright, and it's so
1: much easier on your body. It's easier on your body, and everything is eye height almost. You're, you're, you know, whether you're working on a table or a desk or whatever, you can have it up there, and like you said, not have to bend down. I mean, for the longest time, I didn't have a workbench when I first started out, and I had a chop saw. And I'd have the chop saw on the garage floor and I'm bending over or sitting on the floor or kneeling down. A, it's not safe. It really is not safe when you're working on a tool or working with tools and you don't have the proper footing or you're sitting on your hands and knees or sitting down or trying to kneel down. It's just, it's terrible. Not to mention most power tools are intended to be fastened
2: to something. Like, for example, a chop saw. A chop saw has holes in four corners of the base of the saw. It's intended to be fastened to something because in case that thing bucks on you, you don't want that flying up off the table. Right. I mean, it happens sometimes. It gets a kink or a weird deal, and it bucks, right? Well, you need that thing bolted down to something, and it needs to have its own space, its own stand or its own spot on the whatever, right? So, um so that's another thing to keep in mind. It's important uh to fasten big tools down like they're supposed to be.
1: yeah, you know, any big tool like that, you would definitely want a separate workbench, essentially, um some sort of a stand or yeah, maybe a stand a... something that it's either it comes with it or something that you buy extra or build build you know Tony and I were we're going to build a stand like a workstation, essentially for our chop saw, because that is, you know, a chop saw is like one of those components of any workshop that gets used a lot. I mean, depending on what you're doing in there. But I mean, I use my chop saw all the time. And we should probably talk a little bit about the different types of chop saws. But I think we should go back to the workbench. And let's talk about how we built the workbench that we did for our studio. Or for our our weekend warriors workshop because it was very inexpensive. I think we paid 250 bucks in materials uh, total. That that's COVID nineteen prices, by the way. Yeah, it's super expensive. Not, not, yeah, right now. super expensive right now. But uh, we, I mean, typically, and you wouldn't have to spend as much as we did because we went with a nicer quality of uh, tabletop. Um, you know, we used an AC grade plywood. And we had another sheet of plywood that we put on the front for our logo. So, yeah, I think you could probably build a decent workbench for probably 150 bucks. Yep, absolutely. I agree honestly. with that. I agree with that. But we wanted this thing heavy duty. We wanted to build it once. We didn't want to keep rebuilding it. We didn't want anything flimsy. So we built this thing out of 4 by 4s And then we built two ladder frames, essentially, that pieces of... Uh, uh, like we built, like a tabletop, and we built it almost like a deck where we had two by sixes spanning two eight foot two by sixes. And then, if you can imagine, rungs of the ladder, uh, two by sixes spanning from left to right, all the way across. And we used that and we put four by fours in each corner of that. So it sat 41 and a quarter inches off the floor. And then we put three-quarter-inch plywood on top of that, screwed it all together, and we used some... Headlocks. Fasten Master headlock screws, and that thing was sturdy. Super beefy. I mean, you could probably put an elephant on top of that table, but we didn't stop there. We built another ladder frame that fit in between both sets of legs for a shelf down below. So six, that inches, way, six inches off the floor. Yeah, six inches off the floor. Well we, well, we essentially took a two by six and used that as a spacer. And then we built that shelf down there out of two by six, sheeted it with half inch plywood. So that way we could put, we could store anything down there. Scraps of lumber. We could store our tools down there. Just whatever we need. Yep. And it's fantastic. That thing is beefy. It really is, and
2: actually super cool. we used that front sort of closure on the front uh for a logo, but that would also be a great place to put some screws or some nails and to f- you can hang things there speed square, hammer uh you know chalk line, you name it whatever tools that you can have maybe you can even hang your box end wrenches there or uh you know something something like that you can you can use that space just like wall space, yeah and just at the cost
1: of a sheet of plywood. That's actually a really good idea, hanging stuff on the inside. Uh, we actually have quite a few more plans for that workbench. You know, there are some things, Tony mentioned earlier, uh, larger tools that require, or not require, are probably quite a bit safer if you bolt them down. We, we have this idea that we're gonna take and make it modular. We wanna cut out the top, And make it so where we can put our chop saw, we can lift our chop saw from over here and then set it on top of our workbench, maybe in an, in an empty slot that we can set it down in there and have it lock into place. So that way we can put multiple tools on top of our workbench and have them kind of, you know, modular. So they, they're safer that way.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Those are actually, um... It gets me kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about, I want to be there working on it right now. You know how it is. You talk about a project that you're excited about doing, and you kind of just want to get started on it. Um, But you're right. The workbench has, what we've built, is four by eight, a full sheet. And there's a lot of potential, a lot of possibility. It's huge. Uh, uh, Yeah, a lot of opportunity with that workbench. We're probably going to get some heavy duty casters and put that baby up on casters as well, which would allow us to spin it around, uh, move it from place to place or side to side. Uh, that helps when you're working with longer material. If your room is longer one direction than it is the other, and you're working with long material, then uh, being able to turn your workbench to a 90 degree without trying to drag it. I'll tell you what, that thing is heavy. It is very heavy. If we were trying to move that around without it
1: being on wheels, we'd be doing something. Well, we should probably tell our listeners about the other workbench that we built. We built a workbench last year that we used for a very long time. And I tell you what, it is the perfect workbench for somebody like me who works out of the garage. And we will continue to use that whenever we're working
2: remotely and need our tools. we got to take a quick break here, folks. When we come back, we'll be talking about that and some more Workshop Essentials. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Parlumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Today, Tony and I are talking about workshop essentials. And uh, we just talked about our brand new Weekend Warriors workshop that we've been working on. And we built a heavy-duty workbench. This sucker is permanent, practically. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put some casters on it, probably down the road, so we can slide it around and move it around inside of our workshop. Uh, but that workshop is big. It, it's huge. It's 35 by 25 or something. Yeah. Yep. It's a pretty big space. It is big. I don't have the luxury in my garage to be able to have a workshop of that magnitude. My garage is—it's a one and a half car garage. I would call it. You could pull in and both get out of the vehicle on either side. But I have a workbench in there. I have my uh, toolbox. I have my table saw. I have a lot of lot of tools. You got some storage in there yeah, as well. On the other side, I've got a whole bank of of shelving. So that takes up quite a bit of room right there. So Tony and I devised last year. We said we need a workbench, but I. We couldn't really make something permanent or big. It had to be big enough to get the job done, but we had to be able to tear it down.
0: And and, put it away. Yeah,
1: store it somewhere where it wasn't in our immediate way to, to, you know. Right. Take up space. Right. So we came up with this idea that we call the mobile collapsible workbench. We essentially built the same thing. We made a ladder frame. But we only made this workbench three feet by six feet. That's right. right? Three by six. Three foot by six foot. So it was essentially one sheet of plywood for the top uh, that we cut down. Uh, But we built the same sort of thing. We built a ladder frame out of two by four. Four. And we had two six-foot pieces and then four three-foot pieces, essentially. Mm -hmm. Slightly shorter than that. But you get the idea. We built a ladder and then sheeted the top. So we it kind of made like a deck with plywood, right, and then we got a couple sets of sawhorses, Trojan, we, yeah, we went the heavy duty Trojan sawhorse made right in Washougal, washington uh they're they're so heavy duty their advertisement is these sawhorses sitting with. Was it like three units of plywood? Yeah, at least two big units of plywood. Two units of plywood? Thousands and thousands of pounds. I think they say 5,000 pounds. Yeah, 5,000 pounds these suckers will hold up. They're heavy-duty blue uh, steel. I mean, they're awesome. They are awesome. So we got those. They're they're overkill. I mean, we're not putting 5,000 pounds on those things. Well, I I crawled up on there once, so (laughs) that was a thing. But you could use any decent you know, sawhorse that you wanted. Sawhorse substitute. Saw horses. yeah. <laughs> you essentially need two pairs. One for, one pair for one side, one pair for the other. And those are your legs. And the nice part is you can flip that thing, we can flip that thing over on its side, take the sawhorses off, stack those neatly in a corner, and then you're just left with that tabletop that you can, you know, I could, typically what I would have done when I had it in my garage is we just slid it behind Uh, one of the workbenches that I have built already or in front of it, you know, and it's stored pretty nice, pretty flat. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt you a little bit. I know what your
2: mind sees and what you're thinking, but what you're saying is missing just a little bit. Sure. The, um, The Trojan sawhorse sells in a set of two legs. Right. One set of two and one set of two. That's essentially two halves of a sawhorse. Two halves of a sawhorse. And so you take two halves of one sawhorse, and it goes on one end of the bench. And then two halves of another sawhorse go on the other end of the bench. So you end
1: up with total of eight legs. Oh, right. Because the, the Trojan sawhorses are essentially two legs. And then when you open them up, it clamps onto the two-by-four. There's teeth right. on the other end, and it's hinged. And yeah, when you open the sawhorses up, it clamps onto those two by fours and makes it permanent. Right, right. It's not permanent, but... Yeah, so the, tight.
2: the kind of the way you said it, it sounded like you had a pair of sawhorses at each end. Yeah. Which would be like a lot more sawhorses. No. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, because these are separable, right? Because you can have these... These four legs, the two on each side can be separated by more distance and and hold their strength. If you just took two regular old sawhorses and put one under each end of your bench, it would not do the same thing. No, it, that would not do what you want it to do. The They need to be able to be, to be at the outside most portion of the workbench to give it its most stability.
1: So, well, if you want to go check that video out, it is on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and search WW Home Show, and uh, everything comes up right there. If you haven't, go look at it. We've got tons, tons of videos up there on YouTube, yeah. and you know we're getting a lot of subscribers and a lot of views. So there's some really cool videos on there. One of our most popular ones is our cornhole boards. Uh, but yeah, you can go find the mobile collapsible workbench on there. We show you step by step on how to put it together, and that's pretty inexpensive build if you already have the sawhorses. Yeah, <laughs> one one expensive part of that particular setup are the sawhorses themselves because Trojan sawhorses are like a hundred bucks a pair or one side. So you're in you're into your sawhorses two hundred bucks if you go that route, and then the lumber. I mean, fifty bucks, yeah, I
2: think. yeah. I mean, you know, prices at lumber up a little bit right now, but but it is for what you get and the ability to store this up against flat up against the wall in any small space and then pull it out and have a three by five workbench for a space that is not committed to just workshop tools. It is invaluable. We have used and used and used and used that thing so much. And uh it's a very handy tool. It works very good. Goes up and comes down very easily. So, yeah. I recommend it, I highly recommend it for sure.
1: Yeah, there's some uh I'm looking online at some sawhorses and yeah, I mean uh you're going to for some decent heavy-duty sawhorses, you're going to probably going to pay a hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars for a decent pair of sawhorses. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to put some of those plastic guys on there or, you know. Especially not if you're gonna put a five hundred dollar tool on top. Totally. Yeah. And Make sure you, that it's not gonna,
2: gonna collapse on you. That's what you want.
1: So anyway, uh workbench. Workbench is Essential the most. That's a, the, the most workshop, essential thing
2: you can have. Here's something in your workshop that is less essential, and yet was project number two in our weekend warriors workshop. Ooh,
1: We did a wall treatment. <laughs> uh, the wall treatment the, it, I would say that it is not non-essential. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's it's not essential, and yet it was our number two. It was our number two project that we did in
2: our workshop yeah. <laughs> because we care what it looks like. Uh, my workshop at home, uh, I I don't really care so much what it looks like. I want it to be efficient, and I want it to, um, I want it to be inspiring to me, right? Yeah. But I don't really care other than that what it looks like, but. The Weekend Warriors Workshop is, Adam, it's on
1: camera, right? Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, our our workshop is going to be on camera. We're going to have lots of stuff. So, yeah, we want to decorate it nice, keep it clean. Uh, but in my garage, uh, workshop, I I don't have any anything in there to make it look really cool. I probably would, I would probably do something in there
2: would you hang a picture of yourself up in there no well we're doing it in the weekend wars know, we're shop know, art we're hanging a picture and the <laughs> producer has got us uh hanging a picture uh, uh, of i don't know some event that we did they took a picture i don't know it's a thing it's against my judgment <laughs> i think it's funny i got overruled but i'll tell you what since we're talking about wall treatment i'll tell you what i don't love pegboard I don't love the way pegboard looks. I love that it works, right, for putting pegs and hanging things. I like that, but I don't love the way it looks. I'm looking for a better solution. I think I got one. On the wall. As soon as we come back, you're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors, essential tools don't go away.
0: Listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook and Instagram. We are at WW Home Show. You can go to our uh, YouTube channel and search WW Home Show or Par Lumber. If you search Par Lumber, uh, The Weekend Warriors, comes right up. Or you can go to par.com, click on our link, and you'll see all of our information up there. If you ever miss a show and you don't, you heard part of it, or you know, you're know you on a road trip or something, you want to listen to our uh, dumb voices. We can't imagine why you would want to, but we're going to tell you <laughs> anyways. You could go and download our podcasts. We're, uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Uh, so, anywhere where you listen to those, you can go download them. Uh, you can search us the same way. Just search the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, and uh, we should come right up. If you search yep. Weekend Warriors, there's like a million There's lots of Weekend podcasts. Warriors stuff, yeah. Weekend Warriors is uh Most pretty... of which we would not want to be associated with. <laughs> but uh, there's some good ones.
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you what. One of the big ones is... That The the term weekend warriors oftentimes is related to um, military, Um, like um, National Guard or Army or Army Reserves, right? Um, A lot of times they call military weekend warriors because they go and do that on the weekend. Then they have a regular job during the day or during the week. Uh, So a lot of military stuff uh, tied to weekend warriors, some other weird TV stuff. But uh, we're taking it over, baby. We are giving it a new... We're breathing new life into it. that's what we're doing,
1: yeah since separately. Since, since about two thousand twelve <laughs> we have been <laughs> I've been a weekend warrior in the uh in separately a, in the sense <laughs> well, in the sense of' w- w- doing my own home projects
2: oh i see i've been I thought that warrior. was a i thought that was a covid nineteen joke no, we're breathing life into it mm,
1: separately, separately. <laughs> from six feet apart, <laughs> two different air holes <laughs> blowing in there. <laughs> anyway, So, uh, Tony, before the break, you had mentioned that we did a wall treatment project in the workshop. Yes. That's right. We put up some one by four tongue and groove pine yeah. in the back of our studio to make it look cool. Yeah. That's literally the only reason we did that. Well, there was some damage in the sheetrock, right? And the very first thought was,
2: get some spackle and a putty knife, we'll, uh, we'll fill the... The damage, the damage to the sheetrock, and then we'll spray a little texture on there and repaint. And Corey's like, "I don't know if you know me or not, but I don't do sheetrock. I hate sheetrock." <laughs> He's like, "Let's just put a, let's just put some tongue and groove on there and cover it up." So yeah. ultimately, to avoid spackle, texture, and paint, we put, put up a tongue, tongue and, and groove wall treatment, which I love. It's a beautiful.
1: Well, and it worked it's out rustic, and it looks good. Perfect. It worked out perfect. Because we went to the Habitat for Humanity Restore. And if you've never been to a Habitat for Humanity Restore, you probably heard their commercials on our on our show. You should go. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. The Immediately. One, we went to the one in Beaverton here n- near us. And the stuff that they have in there is amazing. The place,
2: first of all, is huge. This one. I mean, yeah. there are all different sizes, I'm sure. But this one's
1: huge. And they have got... Scads and scads of stuff! Incredible. If you need something for a little project you're working on, you should go check it out. Absolutely. When I mean, you're going to pay a fraction of what you would pay to buy a whole sheet of something, or you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I heard a lot
2: of. We walked up to the front. And we're like, "Well, this didn't really have a price tag." A lot of things have a price tag. Right. This didn't really have a price tags a dollar it's a dollar
1: how about 50 cents yeah those are like all right those
2: are a dime those are a dime a piece it's almost like a (laughs) rummage sale you go there with a pocket full of change and you leave with like the fixings of a doghouse i mean you know you can literally do so much uh with so little it was so much fun going through there and seeing things i tell you what i had a good time but I didn't even have as good a time as you did. You were looking through some of that old stuff, yeah. antique stuff. Corey's like, I'm buying this hammer. It's like I, 200 years old. It's a, it a nice hammer. He goes, I love this hammer. It's it's totally an antique s wing hammer. It was. You're right. I know. It's very cool. But watching you appreciate what you were shopping for in I there
1: also found was even cooler. A, in a vintage Stanley level, that was it was wood. Mm-hmm. And it had a couple glass vials in it. that, uh, And you could tell, I don't know when it was manufactured, but... It was old. I would have to say that it's at least 50 or 60 years old. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when Stanley started coming out with their aluminum and, you know, or plastic l- levels. I have no idea. But right. But this thing is, it's cool looking. It's pretty old it for has sure. And Stanley engraved on the side. It's neat. Yeah. But I was really excited to find... We found a package, full brand new package, twenty five square foot of one by four tongue and groove. Yeah, like panel. like closet lining kind of. You know, yeah. it was super thin. It's like five sixteenths thick.
2: Yeah, five sixteenths thick, super thin, and uh, but it has it was blue pine or buggy pine. Blue
1: and buggy pine.
2: Super cool looking uh, product, and uh, so we slapped it up on the wall. It Didn't take very long. We shared some tips and tricks. Some uh, you know we even made a mistake when we did it, and we shared that with. Uh, With the viewers, that was a good time. Yeah, you should go check that video out. It was a great little video. I enjoyed
1: doing that. Anyway, we bring this up because we said that we put that up for aesthetic purposes only. But there are, I I thought of a couple things, reasons you would put up some sort of wall treatment, say, in a garage. Uh, For instance, in my garage, when I moved into the house I live in now... It was covered in, in uh, pegboard. I remember. Everywhere. Pegboard, pegboard, pegboard. I remember. But the nice part about that is it was insulated. The walls were insulated. And in my previous garage, my walls were also insulated, but I didn't have anything on them. And I was constantly catching wood or whatever, something. If I leaned it against the wall, it was smashing or tearing the insulation out of the wall. So after a time, I actually went back and I covered all of those walls with OSB. I bought OSB and it worked perfect. You just put it up. You can, it's it's heavy duty. So you can bang it, whatever you want. Because, you know, sheetrock, you see a lot of sheetrocked garages, which is great. Uh, but they're not extremely durable. So you could easily put a hole or you drop a piece of wood and it you know, bangs or dings and just starts to look bad after a while. So I put cheap, I put uh, really inexpensive OSB and I painted it a light color and it looked great and it worked great, but uh, I don't love the pegboard in my garage. However, it is functional in that if I need to hang something on the wall, I just slap a peg on there.
2: Yeah, I know it. I just hate the way a pegboard looks. Um, I really want to put something on the wall that allows me to store tools there. I do. I have a solution. for I you. do want to be able to put tools on the wall. I want to get some shelves. I want to get some, um, you know, some way to hang tools on the wall. But I just don't want pegboard.
1: So what's my solution? Well, so you can do one of two things. You can buy slat wall. Slat wall is comes out of the uh, uh, you know the retail outlet it's kind of. Market where they have slats in panels. It's pretty thick, but you're able to put pegs on it, just like you would a pegboard every four inches or so. So the slats come down the thing.
2: Oh yeah, you've
1: seen it before.
2: Yeah, sure. The grooves run horizontal to the ground. Right. About every three inches or so, all the and way you, up the you wall. You can
1: put a peg in there and 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 slam it in wherever you want.
2: Reinforced with aluminum usually.
1: Yeah, that stuff is, however. Very expensive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Very expensive. So another thing that you could do is buy, say, a two by four and or a one by four and line your wall with French cleats. You
2: know, I've seen that. I've actually seen that. You take a piece of one by four, cut a bevel on the top of it, like say a three quarter inch bevel or something. Turn it around so that the bevel is towards the wall. Right. And the pointy thing is up. And then you put the opposite of that on whatever it is that you want to hang
1: right on that space. Right. So Whether you can make a
2: drawer can or make a, a tool caddy or,
1: or uh, drill caddies. You can make different little shelvings with that French cleat already on them. And then you can just hang them wherever you want. You can move them around as you desire as you're shop grows or changes you can make it change with you that is a really great idea
2: and super versatile too because you can choose to put whatever wherever
1: and uh and honestly it's pretty inexpensive you can buy some you know really inexpensive pine or dug fur and just rip into pieces and make small french cleats well
2: pre-covid 19 it was less expensive sure and post-covid 19 if that's ever going to be in our future uh keep that in mind lumber is kind of expensive at the moment we got to take another quick break when we come back more workshop essentials just in the twenty-four, core your weekend warriors don't go away
0: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Parlumber. When it comes to bigger, small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey,
1: welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying around. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm
2: Tony Cookston.
1: And today we're talking about workshop essentials. Everything that you need in your workshop. If you're thinking about making one, or if you already have one and you're trying to think about what you should add to it, this show is for you. Uh, refrigerator. A refrigerator. Yeah, I have a refrigerator in I, you my have, workshop. I know you do. It's, I do not. It's more one. of a garage fridge, but it's also my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it always has something to drink in there. I know. The kids are always like, why is our ice cream gone? <laughs> it's I in my know. because it's in my workshop. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a refrigerator in mine, but maybe someday.
1: Yeah, you could do it. You got those mini fridges.
2: Yeah, those little mini fridges. There's a bunch of those.
1: All right. So uh we talked about we talked a lot about our uh our workbench, which is pr- the number one. That's the number one thing anybody needs in any workshop is a workbench. Um Here's another one that I feel like is probably number two, and that's safety. Oh, yeah. Any workshop needs safety, and it's hard to pinpoint specific things, right? To say, well, you need this. You need safety goggles. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You need safety goggles. You can pinpoint that. You have hearing protection. Hearing protection. Yep. Very good. But there's also abstract things like, Keeping your floor clean. (laughs) I just told you I don't want to have to clean at the end of every day. Well, keeping enough light. Okay. You know, having enough light flooding your area so that you can really see what you're doing. One thing that I always try to do whenever I work with power tools, before I turn the switch on, before I put my hand on the trigger, I like to look and see where my other hand is i always look where my other hand is in correlation to the saw blade or in correlation to the router bit if i turn it on and i'm not paying attention and my other hand is in the way in the danger zone i mean that is a potential safety hazard you, know, you could really injure yourself. I'll tell you what, it happens really
2: fast. Actually, we were working in the weekend worries workshop yesterday and we were uh, fastening two items together that, um, that required that it had to be up off of the table. You couldn't just lay it on the table and, and shoot a uh, a Brad through it.
1: Right. You had to hold it in yeah, your hand. Yeah, It was our intention to drive an inch and a quarter nail through two pieces of quarter inch material and then we were just gonna cut the back of the nail off because we didn't have you know any way to fasten a half inch we didn't have a half inch long fastener, right so we knew this going into it very it wasn't very safe.
2: well, the thing is is that we 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 started the project right, and we were we were helping each other keep track of where yeah. our hands were. We had to do it this way, we had to do it this way, and we were we helped each other keep track of where our hands were, and we didn't have it was no big deal to say, you know. Where's your finger? Yep, where's your fingers? Where's your fingers? And that's all you got to say. Where's your fingers? And then you think for a second and you scoot it back and then you're good to go. And um, but I'm just saying, be you're saying, yes. be conscious conscious of
1: where your digits are because it happens fast. Well, here's here's another aspect of safety. And you don't really think about these things until you get to a point where you've made a mistake. And I have made these mistakes. Thankfully, I don't, I've never had any major mistakes. I've never cut a finger off. Right. I have cut my fingers. I have also cut my fingers. I've driven nails into my fingers. <laughs> I've also with done nail guns. that. I drove a nail into my thigh. <laughs> it was a two-inch long ring shank nail. That hasn't even been that long ago. A few years Oh no, Yeah. I mean, it was a complete mistake. I was yeah. using a coil siding nailer and I was putting up my fence and I was crouched down. I lost my balance. And next thing you know, bam. Just like that. Nail shot head deep right into my thigh. Youch! Stainless steel ring shank nail. Youch! You know what I did? No. Took, took some pliers. I pulled it out. Youch! Put a bandage on it and finished the fence. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. I, call, I called my brother-in-law. He's an emergency room doctor. And he's, he asked me all the questions. He's like, "When the last time you had a tennis shot? Yeah. You know, is it bleeding? Yeah. You know, this and that thing. I was fine. He's like, just put a bandit on it." That had to hurt, though. I no, mean, that, hurt. Had to. that had to hurt. It hurt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, going back to safety. Going back to safety. Uh, safety item. Safety is just one of those things that you just have to think about. Right. That's all it is. Okay, and, so. And again, I was going to, sorry, I was just going to say tripping over things in the shop. Yeah. When you're carrying something or you're uh working on a tool or you're working on a piece of wood with a tool with an extension cord. It's happened. Yeah. I mean it's happened to me recently where I was using my router, which had a cord, and I was routing along and the cord got caught. And next thing you know, I'm I'm in the middle of my project. I can't just stop. Right. You know, so I'm trying to Move the thing loose and it just, yeah, it is unsafe. Yeah. Uh This actually happened just last night, just last night. And this is the thing,
2: new workshop, right? It takes a while to get those things. Uh, We're in the new workshop and we're cutting wood. When you cut wood, you have scraps and scraps end up on the floor or wherever. And of course we step on something and cause you to roll your ankle a little bit. And Corey's like, we need a scrap bin already. Yeah. We just got in here. We just got started. We already need a scrap bin. It's very important to keep, the, to keep the bits and pieces off of the floor that would cause you to trip, slip, or fall. You need to have a scrap bin.
1: Well, and here's another aspect. You've asp- got to use it. Here's another aspect of safety, but also in other things, is sawdust. Sawdust Doesn't, you know, you don't think, oh, I'm making all these cuts, all the sawdust. No, it's not that, it's not unsafe. But I don't know if you've ever had sawdust on a really nice garage floor. (laughs) It's
2: super slippery. It's very slippery.
1: so slippery, yeah. Depending on what sort of shoes you're wearing, you know, I have slipped in my workshop on sawdust. Yeah. So dust control. In my opinion, is one of those things that is a must.
2: Some sort of dust collection system. It doesn't have
1: to be this big,
2: monstrous thing that's piped all over the whole garage, and it should be. And sucks up, <laughs> you know, um, d- dirty air at every single tool. That's that'd be that'd be something that we would have in oh, our love that. Yeah, in our in our perfect situation where where we where there's it's limitless what we can have but some sort of dust dust collection system some sort of shop vac i'll tell you what i got a shop vac at my house Corey uses his shop vac all the time in his garage when he is working on his tools mm-hmm. and he finds a way to adapt it to whatever tool he's using whether it's his planer or his chop saw or or his table saw or whatever, right? And he turns on that loud vacuum when he's cutting and it reduces the amount of sawdust that is in the room. Well, he has to do that because the garage is also where his wife parks. So he's extra sensitive to the cleanliness of that room. Um, So I caught on to that, of course. And so here I was working at my place doing the exact same thing. There's other ways to do some of those things. It doesn't have to be expensive. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tony Corr, Your Weekend Warriors. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now. Here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for sticking around. Today we're talking about workshop essentials. And uh, before the break, we were talking about safety and all of the things that kind of coincide with safety. Uh, One of them being dust control. Dust control is just one of those things that, A, you don't want to breathe it in. I personally, I used to work out in my garage all the time, sanding, cutting, and I never had to worry about it. but as I've gotten older, it affects me. I can't uh, I can't do it like I used to. I, I breathe terribly and I you know I get I get congested. so I have to have dust set up for that reason. It's also very slippery on a shop floor and honestly, it will shorten the lifespan of your tools overall. So it's a good idea to keep all that stuff clean. We were kind of laughing we we had a we were talking about using our shop vacs with our tools. And one of the things that I've always done and I learned about this the hard way is I have a surface planer and a surface planer, you just put pieces of wood in it and thins them down to whatever thickness you want. A thickness planer. And uh it that thing puts out some serious, <laughs> yeah, it's wood
2: chips. Taking off a sixteenth of an inch every pass. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if that's twelve inches wide, you know, you're moving some serious fiber. Yep. yep. And it's you got that, one. Yeah, I got
1: one for Christmas. Yep, for Christmas. And you sent me a picture of yourself using it last week or the week before or something. Yep. And you t- you just said during the break, you said, "Man, my shop back." hooked right up to that. Yeah, it was amazing to me. I thought to
2: myself, I was going to have to rig something or find some part or piece or something that would allow me to do that. But it was plug and play. That shop vac hooked right up to that uh, to that port.
1: Yeah. And it was funny because at the same exact time, we almost said, but you know, the shop vac lets you know when it's full. Yeah, you know and right said, away. Because I said, have you tried using it without it? Right. And... I think sometimes when I hook shot backs up to things, I get looks like, come on, you don't need that. Yeah. But if you've ever used a thickness planer without a shot back or some sort of collection attached to it, I mean, that thing throws wood chips like 10 feet <laughs> easily. <laughs> that will coat the entire wall of your shop. And with, I've done it. With sawdust. Yeah. So it's so the last thing you want to be doing is cleaning up after a surface planer. Yeah. Yeah. But uh anyway, what's the next thing on our list, Tony? Uh well, let's see. How about
2: um how about lighting? We did talk a little bit about lighting being um a safety a safety measure. Add lighting so that you can see everything that's going on all the time. I just added a 4-foot shop light, and you know what? I'm going to need to add another 4-foot shop light um just to make sure that I'm lighting every square inch. Of that room, I don't want there to be weird dark places which cause me to squint, or you know, a space that I can't work in because it's just not bright enough there.
1: I actually have. You just added a light
2: to your garage.
1: I keep adding them. I feel like I just saw another new light in there. You did, and I just my wife thinks I'm crazy because I keep adding all these lights. It's you'd think I was painting cars in there or something. But you can, you can never have too much light, especially when you're – depends on the project that you're working on.
2: Except for when you're trying to go to sleep.
1: Yeah. That's the only time. But if you're uh, – like recently, more recently, I just sprayed all of my cabinet doors for my bathroom remodel. So I had all of them lined up, and I was painting them a dark color, dark like a navy blue color. So I was shooting these things with my sprayer and they look great until you get a little bit more light on them. And you're like, oh man, I need to hit those again And the, every time you do it, every time, you know, you get a light and i I have these moving lights that I kind of move around and I can look at it from different angles. You just can't have enough light. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's one of those things. Well, the more light you have, the more you see,
2: the more you paint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But well, here, I wanted to give a quick tip about lighting in general. Um, shop lights those those ones that you plug in that have the like the sodium bulbs in them those things get really hot like really hot so hot indeed one time i popped an air compressor hose oh because the air compressor hose laid over top of one of those lights for too long i mean it like Probably five seconds. Melted it, And it melted it and popped and blew my hose. That was a halogen light? Yes. Oh, wow. One of those uh, just really bright. I mean, you know, they get super duper hot. They do. Yeah, they really do get hot. So I'm going to say LED shop lights are sure best. And then if you have tube lights like those four-foot fluorescent fluorescent lights, I don't like them. They make new LED
2: ones. They do? They do. They fit in the old fixtures? Yep.
1: You get out of here. You just take the old ones out, pop the new ones in. You don't have to worry about it at all. They just so turn right on. fluorescent, not fluorescent, LED tube light. Yep. Buy them at Costco. Interesting. All right. Okay, okay. I got to get my hands on some of those. And the best part is, if you whack them with a piece of wood, which happens yep. when you're in the shop, you know, sometimes you have a long piece. And you'll jab it by accident; it won't shatter on you.
2: Nice. So, yeah, that's good. That's a big plus. Uh, I tell you what; those those uh, fixtures are inexpensive and easy to come by, and easy to hang and easy to to use. So, uh, the fact that you can put an LED bulb in there is uh, is huge. That's good. Good. Good news. Yeah, you should check it out. Here's something, Corey, that I feel like every workshop is going to need. Obviously, there's tools, and we're going to talk about that. But you know what? A place to sit. There's got to be a place to sit. Sometimes you're standing at the workbench and you're working on a thing, and you just need to give your feet a break and your legs a break. Yeah, you agree absolutely. with that? Just absolutely. a little, just a little bench, a little work, sh- a workshop bench or a little um, workbench, workbench seat or stool or something. A stool. Yeah, there I don't go. know why I said bench so many times. A bar stool. <laughs> a bench bench.
1: I have a, uh, a, I, I have a work bar stool in my garage and I love it. You know, because you're sitting at your workbench or your work table, sometimes you just got to draw.
0: Oh yeah, know? I do that sure. a lot.
1: I'll sit down with my pad and my paper and my ruler and I'll draw out my dimensions or my plans or, you know, details. I'll I'll sketch them out to see if it will work with what I'm building. And sometimes you got to draw things to scale, honestly. Yeah. If you've got a big piece of paper or even a big workbench top or a giant W, yeah. Just you just draw it out <laughs> in full scale. Yeah. You know.
2: Agreed. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Uh, here's another thing that's on my list that I'm thinking about: power supply. Uh, you know, in my new workshop, I've got an outlet, two, one on each wall. That's on it. Each side. That's it. So we're immediately. I needed to get a power strip in there that would allow me to plug in more things. Well, I've got a Portamax saw stand for my chop saw, which is very nice. And it's got a power strip on it. So that added a little bit to me. But, um, you know, I'm going to have to be super wary of running multiple tools at the same time. Just because I have a bunch of
1: outlets doesn't mean I can run all my tools at the same time. Well, your tools draw a lot of power. And like my table saw. I don't know if you've ever tried turning a table saw on, especially like a bigger table saw uh, with a long extension cord. You'll blow the breaker every time because you're trying to draw too much power through that long cord. So I had this huge 10 gauge or 8 gauge uh, extension cord and along the extension cord. It has multiple receptacles in it. That's right. And I mean that thing's not very long. It's maybe 12. 12 feet, and it has a plug every like three feet or something. Very cool. And if you plug the table saw into the very end, that the table end closest s- to the wall. No, the end closest to the end of the extension cord. Oh, okay. The table saw takes about three, four, five seconds to fully get to up to wind speed. up. You can yeah. hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it just takes forever. Yeah, because it's drawing. So it's not getting that many, am- Yeah, it's not getting that immediate. But if you amperage. plug it into the first one, it turns right on. Bam! Nice. Yeah, so. that's
2: important. So uh, the the distance that you draw the electricity, the distance that yeah. you draw it to, uh, makes a difference. That's important. We got to take another quick break. When we come back, more weekend warriors and workshop essentials. Don't go away.
0: To the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey,
1: welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Hey, if you haven't already, go check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We're at WW Home Show. We're also on YouTube with tons of uh, how-to videos. Tool reviews and whatnot. We've got a bunch of our broadcasts on there as well. Uh, You can search us at uh, Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show on there. If you uh, missed this show or missed any portion of any of our shows, you can go find those on our uh, podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, right? Is that all of them? That's correct. Yep, you got them. So... Uh, anywhere of those, you can go check them out, download, and uh, you get all of our new episodes as we upload them, which we probably need to do, honestly.
2: Yeah, agreed, we do. Uh, I've got it. Entertainment, I've got it.
1: Entertainment?
2: Yeah, entertainment in the shop. You have to have something that entertains your brain, right? The back half of your brain, the part that's not working on yes the thing in front of you. The back half of your brain needs to be entertained, and I just thought of what it is. I got it. What is it? Flea Circus.
1: <laughs> circus. See, it's small and it's fit, a circus. Fit anywhere.
2: Yeah, it, it, that's what I was thinking. It would go right in there.
1: <laughs> anywhere we we're working on a project, it's a circus. Yes,
2: yeah, so typically. So, so, so that's what I'm thinking. Entertainment. You were thinking what? A radio.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or
1: I guess that's a direction you could go that direction, yeah. I suppose. Or podcasts. It's a little more conventional. Well, I'll tell you what. I used to have a TV in my garage, in my workshop. And sometimes, you know, watching duck football, put the old football game on, and work out in the shop. Well, guess what happens? You watch football. You don't get any work done. You, don't get any work. you get no work done because you're just watching football. You're watching TV or whatever. Yeah. So I like the radio. I'll put the radio on. It actually motivates me to keep going and and work. You, but you'll give the flea circus some thought. I'll think about it. It's always a possibility. I'm not sure if I can squeeze that one in.
2: Ant farm. Or Flea Circus, either of those two, very small. Seems
1: really boring. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So I'll tell you
2: what, this isn't a big one. We were talking about wall treatments. We were talking about workbenches, right? The things we didn't talk about are storage options, even with these things. The workbench is a workbench. It's also an opportunity to store because you've got a lower shelf, right? You can have sides, walls, back, right there. You can store stuff in there. Mm -hmm. The same thing with wall treatment. You said? French cleat. Yep. That's an opportunity to put not just um, little storage things on there, but also maybe uh, a shelf or a drawer or a bin. There's a lot of things that you can hang like a shelf, like a French cleat, that are storage options. Storage is something you have to be thinking about because you have all of the little tiny parts and pieces that you want to keep. We talked about the bolts, right? We didn't. That was off air. When we were at a break, Corey and I were talking about how he keeps every single screw or fastener that is left over from every project. So he, he hangs a TV on a TV stand on the wall, or if he assembles something from Ikea, or if it just says, you know, some assembly required. If there are pieces
1: left over, and if Corey's putting it mm-hmm. together, there's always pieces left over. There's oh well, they give you a million <laughs> screws. I mean, I'm talking everything. Yeah. Any project that I work on, and I have two screws left over, I keep them.
2: Yeah. Well, he's got it. He's got storage bins full of um, small gauge screws, large gauge screws, machine screws, coarse thread screws, wood screws, wood screws, wood screws metal screws, metric. Yeah, you name it. He's ASE. got it. So many. And so uh, that's a prime example. Storage, right? You have to give storage um, a lot of consideration because you're always going to be looking
1: for the right place to put something. Well, and I tell you what, stuff like that. You know, some people will call me a pack rat. I'm not a pack rat. I mean, I, you know, I, I anything I have left over that's unusable, I get rid of it as fast as possible.
2: Yeah, that's for. It's I true. mean, I
1: go to the dump. Constantly, I'm just taking stuff that I don't need or you know, or I'll go donate it. You he know, he sells it Habitat on Lego. Habitat for Humanity <laughs> Restore will actually take, yeah, uh, old building materials or old tools and just different things like that. But I mean, stuff like screws. I have a it's not like a tackle box, but it's flat and it's about 16 inches by 16 inches square and it's probably three inches deep and this is compartmentalized, you mm-hmm. know and I have them separated out. And I'm not kidding you. Regularly, I go to those bins and I find some fastener that I need, or I misplaced something and I have something similar. I use it all the time. That is a, that's a pro tip right there.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I need, uh, I need to get my hands on some of those things. I need some little bolts to, uh, To start to put some of my things together. You know, I've got a lot of a lot of different tools and stands and things that are meant to be going together, but the pieces and parts that hold them together. Well, I tell you what, nothing
1: ruins your day faster than having to run to the hardware store and buy a seven dollar box of fasteners of something. And you need four. Yeah, you need four. And you have to buy twenty five or fifty or whatever. So it's, I don't know, man. It's yeah, a, I hear That's you. a good one. I think
2: it's good. I agree with it. Uh, same goes with wood storage, right? Um, storing hardware items is the same as storing wood items. You know, Corey, um, I'm reminded of the dining room table that we made, and the top of that was comprised of black walnut. Mm-hmm. And we bought the black walnut from a... a place where it was live edge material it was not pre-milled right it had just been planed down to i don't know what was it six quarter or five quarter eight quarter yeah no
1: it was probably six quarter
2: yeah it was planed down to six quarter but live edge and it was uh you know these pieces really needed some love in order to become the top of a table they were i wouldn't even call them planed. i mean they were rough they were pretty rough yeah so we did a lot of work but it that encompassed cutting a lot of pieces off that we weren't going to be able to use. The table would only be able to take the best of the material. And then some of the material had to come off and it was unusable. Well, you end up with a little bin full of a bunch of, you know, really expensive, beautiful, gorgeous, dense, black walnut mm-hmm. that could be used for so many things. Yeah. And uh, and I absolutely... Um, I would absolutely do not think that if that keeping scraps of wood that's not, you know, your everyday, you know, wood, um, keeping scraps of wood around for future projects is not pack ready. Well, you just need to have a spot for it.
1: There's a difference between saving an eight inch cutoff of one by four MDF. Right. And an eight foot piece of one by four MDF. MDF. You know what I mean? You're not going to throw away a good piece of something that you might be able to use down the road. I mean, to an extent. I mean, there was a time where I had so much scraps of stuff. I started taking it camping (laughs) oh yeah
2: well i don't know we've pulled some stuff out of your stacks of lumber in the garage and made stuff with it we're like all the time here's something we i bet we could use this right here all the time i love doing that that's why i keep it it's so much fun to be able to pull something out of something that you've uh retained from a previous project and and
1: repurpose it absolutely this is great it's uh it's one of those things uh but it's somewhere to store it too we talked about storing. We talked about keeping your scraps in a scrap bin. Uh, one of the cool things that I made at my last house that I have yet to build here is a plywood bin where I could take my old pieces of plywood or half sheets of plywood, and I had it behind my workbench. And I could just take those pieces and slide them in there. Nice. And it was out of the way. It wasn't, you know, it's not leaned against a wall somewhere. It, it was in its home and you knew where it was and the same went for my longer wood scraps i kept them on my ceiling i had a couple uh u-shaped pieces of wood that i hung from my ceiling and i was able to slide long pieces of wood in there it's great yeah storage
2: um is is good when it's intentional and it's done right okay we got to take another quick break when we come back more workshop essentials you listen to tony core your weekend warriors we'll be right back
0: Bar lumber. Now here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us today. We're talking about workshop essentials, and I think we've come to the point in our show where we're going to start talking about tools. Yes. We love tools. Tools. I don't have enough. You know, there's not a day that I don't walk by tools at the store and stop. I mean, every time. Right. Every time, even in my own store, I walk by the tools and go, man, I could really use. I was just thinking that that I could use that.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what. You know, okay. Without thinking too much about it, immediately say the last tool you saw that you wanted that you haven't gotten yet. Mm -hmm. Say it. Pin nailer. 23 gauge pin nailer, chainsaw, chainsaw, Makita chainsaw, cordless chainsaw. I'll That's tell you one. what, I don't know when I'm going to have a need for a chainsaw, but dude, that tool is so awesome. Yeah. I just and I have the batteries and the chargers already.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want, I don't have a chainsaw. I
2: want that chainsaw. I want it. I mean a, a micro pinner would be cool. 23 gauge micro pinner?
1: Yeah. That's what I meant. Micro pinner. Yeah. That's what you said. Did I say micro pinner? I think you did. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, microphone. In you said it into the microphone. The microphone. Yeah, you my said rather large microphone. <laughs> yeah,
2: you said micro pinner into the microphone.
1: Yeah, there's uh there's so many tools, you know, Tony. One of the another one that I don't have in my workshop that I think is an essential is a bench vice.
2: Yes, I just inherited a bench vice. Yes, actually, bench vice. A is good
1: heavy duty bench vice
2: my dad always I feel like when I was a kid my dad always had something in the bench vice it seemed like always he had it bolted right to the at the corner of the workbench yep right at the corner and it yep. swiveled right and uh you swiveled it over and the handle just missed the workbench yep so it was in there far enough that the handle hung off the end and uh, and uh, you know you could Boy, he could clamp anything in that. Those vices are
1: amazing. I have had many situations over the years where I've had to just hold on to something so tight and bend, you know, a piece of metal or grind off this or or cut that. And I just you have to have a bench vise sometimes. Yeah,
2: I agree with that. You're absolutely right. A bench vice is a is a great tool. Yeah. I need to get I have one. Uh, but I need to get it bolted down, and I need to
1: employ it. I need here, to get it to work. Here's another one. A rolling toolbox. I have a rolling toolbox that I inherited from my father. Yes. He was a mechanic. So it's more of a mechanic's rolling toolbox. has a big bottom and two, a middle section and then a top with a lid. You know, old craftsman yeah. tool bench or a rolling toolbox. And I had that thing separated out into, like, I do a lot of my own automotive work. I learned that from my dad. I work on my own truck. I do a lot of things. So I have inherited a lot, and I've also gone out and bought specific things. So I use that particular rolling toolbox for a lot of my automotive tools, but also my woodworking tools. So it's, they're Essential. I mean, they're you, great. You are so well-rounded
2: in the shop. I, what are you uh, trying to say? I have never been very good at automotive or mechanical type stuff. I mean, I, the wood thing has always been, um, it's always been, I, I was wood shop in school, but not welding. I was, you know, uh, did lots of wood projects in school, but nothing that worked with uh, wrenches or,
1: or yeah. uh, auto automotive. automotive. Or, it's just never been my thing. Not a gearhead at all. I would consider myself a gearhead. Not a good, not a great one. (laughs) I think you are. I can do anything. Yeah. I mean, if I put my mind to it and my money.
2: Every time you say, I'm doing this, I'm taking on this project on my vehicle, I think to myself, just take it down
1: the street to the guy. He'll do that for you. I'm just going to say this. I recently replaced, well, this year, I replaced the turbo on my diesel pickup truck. Mm Mm-hmm. And I looked at what it was going to cost me to get it replaced at a shop, and it was four times what I did it for myself. Wow. I bought even a couple tools that I didn't have. Uh, but it still cost you less money. It saved me about four grand. Yeah. So wow. even if I make a couple mistakes here and there, um, I'm way ahead in the long run. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I uh, I don't know. Maybe some of that will rub off on me. Maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe one of these days I'll change my own oil. You just never know. Baby steps, right? Yeah. Uh, Okay. So here's another one. This is something that you have and have employed a lot. A grinder,
1: a bench grinder, a bench grinder. Yes. There's a difference. A handheld grinder. Sure. Right. Right. and A bench top grinder. A bench top grinder is an amazing tool usually what you would have is a grinding wheel on one side and a wire wheel on the other. And that allows you to, say, sharpen a lawnmower blade and then knock the burrs off on the the other side. Or, you know, you can, some people have put polishing wheels and you can polish up, you know, different things. And I use mine all the time, you know, and that's probably something I learned from my dad. He went to the grinder all the time and just, you know, maybe like a screw that was too long or something. Yeah, just grind it down, huh? Just grind it down. Yeah,
2: it's so amazing. The more comfortable you are with a tool, the amount of things you can accomplish with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, you. Everybody will have their own go-to tool, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously, tools can be used to do multiple things. But it's funny to see how people lean on different tools uh, to do uh, different projects.
1: Well, I'll tell you the other big one. The other, probably the biggest one. In my workshop is my table saw. Table saw, baby. You got to have it. Non-stop table saw use. Um, I've upgraded over the years. I used. I started out with uh, like a smaller portable. And then I got a larger portable. And I ended up with a what's called a hybrid, where it has a cast iron top, a uh, big, you know, I'm not sure of the horsepower on the motor. It's a lot. Yeah, one and a half horse or two horse. I don't even know. I can't remember. Uh, but it's a belt drive 10-inch table saw. Yeah. But it also is on wheels. So you can have the nice big accuracy of a larger cabinet saw that's beyond what I could afford and also store. Uh, but you can move it around. So it's, yeah. it's, it was a good fit for me.
2: Yeah, I love my table saw. Use my table saw. I just upgraded recently from uh, my first table saw to my second table saw, and it's definitely bigger and heavier and uh it's a uh, it's you know the best part about it is that the 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 guide fence, yeah, uh, or the rip, rip fence, fence is um so much better, so yeah. much more accurate. Accurate. Yeah, I tell you what that changes everything mm-hmm. about everything. Mm-hmm. You cut uh, the same thing goes with the chop saw, right? You've got a chop saw that's a really decent chop saw, like this Makita chop saw that we're using in the workshop right now. That uh, that baby is a uh, sweetie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's the difference between a really good um, cor- cor- mitered corner, a really good tight mitered corner, and a loosey, goosey, it's gappy, wavy. you know, mitered corner. That's it's, it's, it's literally the difference between a good tool and a bad tool, well, not a bad tool, but an old tool, maybe, or yeah, you know, a less expensive, lower quality tool. Absolutely, you're yeah. 100% right. Uh, I tell you what, I just, I, I, I think the chop saw and the table saw maybe are equals for me. Yeah, I started with a chop saw and get a table saw until later, but the chop saw table saw combo is you just have to have it. You have to have it.
1: Well, here's one that I've added to my workshop is a router table. Router table allows you to step up and do more things. I mean, that's really what it's about, is anytime you get a tool, it's because you couldn't do something with what you had. Right. So you go out and you say, well, I need a router table with a fence. And now I have one. Yeah. And I can do more things.
2: I'll tell you what I think. When I think about the router table, right, and I think about that router in, in it, it makes me think of a tool that I want. Another tool that I want that I don't have is a spindle sander. A
1: tabletop spindle oh, yeah. sander. See, you do a lot of arts and crafts type projects. You and your wife. Yeah, you yeah, guys we're very do, artsy. You guys make some of the most amazing things. You guys do a lot of wedding stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. And you're like, oh, look at these... Uh, centerpieces we made oh wow that's awesome yeah we made 180 of these i'm yeah. like what <laughs> i mean the stuff that you guys do i mean a spindle sander would suit you well yeah yeah i look forward to the opportunity to get my hands i did recently get a a belt
2: sander it's got a little disc sander on the side nice, nice. tabletop bench top it's nice but um yeah it's coming together my workshop's coming together the weekend Warriors workshop's coming together and uh, we just wanted to share that with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.